Hello, everyone. I'm Brad Gray, and welcome to the Teaching Series Podcast. I am a follower of Jesus, and I find the Bible to be absolutely amazing and love helping people experience it anew. Because in my 12 plus years of teaching the Bible professionally, I've learned that most of us have never been taught how to engage the Bible the way it was intended in its original context, and we are missing out on so much. Because when the biblical text is set in its context, it becomes more relevant, compelling, and transformational than we ever imagined. My desire is for all people to experience the Bible this way and to see Jesus at the center of it all. It's to this end that I created the teaching series, which is a weekly video series that explores some aspect of the Bible in its original context and then talks through how we can apply it well to our own context. This podcast is the audio version of those highly visual video teachings, which can be found at walkingthetext.com. So if you find an episode particularly helpful, I'd encourage you to check out the video version as well. And please feel free to rate and review this podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and let's jump into the episode. Hello, friends, and welcome to the teaching series. Hey, I want to briefly go back to a passage that we touched on last week in the last teaching from Numbers chapter 15. And so in Numbers chapter 15, we talked about God asking his people to tie tassels on the corners of their garment. And we talked about the Jewish prayer shawl, the talit. We talked about how God had them put a blue cord on each tassel, and we talked about the significance of that. But I want to read a few verses that just talk about the significance of the tassels themselves. Because in Numbers chapter 15, verse 37, God says to Moses, Speak to the Israelites and say to them, Throughout the generations to come, you are to make tassels on the corners of your garments with a blue cord on each tassel. You will have these tassels to look at, and so you will remember all the commands of the Lord, that you may obey them and not prostitute yourselves by chasing after the lust of your own hearts and eyes. Then you will remember to obey all my commands and will be consecrated to your God, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt to be your God. I am the Lord your God. So this is the whole passage from Numbers chapter 15 that is part of the Shema, which is that ancient uh, practice of reciting something from Deuteronomy 6, Deuteronomy 11, and Numbers 15 multiple times a day by God's people. Now, the reason why I wanted to kind of circle back to this for just a few moments is that God had them tie tassels on the corners of their garments. Now, the word tassel in Hebrew is the word tzitzit, all right? You can go ahead and say that, tzitzit. Some of you just did that and some of you are like, he can't hear me anyway. I'm not doing that. Okay, totally fine. Uh, Tzitzit, this is kind of cool. Very easy to remember the spelling, T-zit. Zit. <laughs> All right, so that's what tassel is in Hebrew, singular. Sitziot uh, is plural. But God said, I want you to tie tzitzit, a tassel, onto the corners of your garments. And he says, the reason why I want you to do that is to be reminded of my commandments, that when you see this, you will remember my commands and you will obey them, and then you will be consecrated or set apart wholly to me because of your actions. So a tassel represents God's commandments. Now, today, 
There's all these symbolism and how things are put together for these tassels. Um, eight strands are used. They tie five knots and the five knots represent the first five books of Moses because this is where God's commandments are found. So Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. The four spaces between the knots represent the four letters in God's consonantal, or the four consonants in God's covenantal name, Yahweh, yod heh vav heh And what you have here is that there's an ancient practice called gematria, which is that there are letters that have numerical values associated with them. In fact, the first instance in history is hundreds of years, even before the time of Jesus. And the numerical value in Hebrew of the word tzitzit is 600. And so you have 600 plus the eight strands and the five knots, and you get 613. And for those of you who that number will like be like a, a light going off, that's the number of commandments of God that are in the Torah, the first five books of the Bible itself. And so has endless symbolism today. Now, there's no record this is how they did that in the ancient world. They just tied tassels and it represented God's commandments. This was a visual, physical, tactile reminder that the Israelites were in relationship with God. Okay, it functions very similar to a wedding ring today. This is a visual reminder for me that I made vows to my wife and we are in relationship with each other. And when I see this, I am reminded of what my relationship to my wife should look like. And that's the same thing that the tassels served. And it's a representation, again, of God's commandments. Now, well, I want to talk a little bit about what God's commandments represented for the people. Because I feel like in many ways, we take the word that is used for God's commandments and we can make it seem a bit negative. And here's what I mean by that. If we go back to our Exodus 19 and talk a little bit on the heels of what we did in the last teaching, God brings Israel to Mount Sinai. He says, I want you to be for me a kingdom of priests. You're going to represent me. And then God is going to give him, or excuse me, Israel, his Torah. Now, what's fascinating is that when you read Exodus 19 and 20 at Mount Sinai, God is actually marrying the people of Israel. And the best gift that God gives to his bride on the wedding day is his Torah. Now, we translate Torah as law, but when we hear law, that's like wooden, it's static, it's impersonal, it's kind of got this, you better do this or else. And when we hear the word law in connection to the Old Testament, it's generally looked upon kind of negatively. But that's not what Torah means. Remember, this is God's wedding gift to his bride on the wedding day. So what does Torah actually mean? What would be a better way of understanding it? And this is where our linguistic lens is really significant, the study of language, to recognize what does the word Torah mean. Now, Hebrew is a verbal-based language, meaning the nouns and the adjectives all come from verbs. And so when you're dealing with a noun like Torah, a great question to ask, and those of you who have language studies will, will know this, will know or at least know how to find this for the rest of you, you're like, this is why I'm watching the teaching series, is that the word that Torah gets derived from or out of is the Hebrew verb yara, which means to teach or to shoot. Yes, I know that's like two ends of the spectrum of definitions, and we'll talk about shoot next time, but 
I want to talk a little bit about this word to teach because a word that's also derived from yara is the word more. And if you look here, you can see that it's almost the exact same spelling of Torah, just the first letter, because you read from right to left, is different. And more literally means teacher. And so when we look at the context of Torah, Torah literally means teachings or instructions. And because this is God's Torah, these are God's instructions for life. That this Torah, this law, if you will, these instructions for life from God, these are dynamic, they are personal, they are relational. It's much, much more vibrant than just thinking in terms of, well, that's just God's law in the Old Testament, right? So, for the people of Israel, they saw God's law as something that bred life to them. It just allowed them to flourish in the world. In fact, Psalm 119 is this amazing chapter in Psalms that in many of the verses, it's, well, actually, all the verses are kind of talking about God's commands, but really get very poignant in what they say. Notice these three verses from Psalm 119. It just gives you a sense of the beauty and the compelling nature of God's instructions for life, Torah. Verse 32, I run in the path of your commands, for you have set my heart free. Verse 35, direct me in the paths of your commands, for there I find delight. Or in verse 45, I will walk about in freedom, for I have sought out your precepts. See, the idea here is that God's commandments are intended to give us life that there is great freedom in God's boundaries of his commandments that allows us to experience a thriving reality in our world today. Uh, these are God's instructions for life. And again, God does this to shape his people because again, as we explored last week, he's gonna put them in the most highly trafficked area and it's his words that are going to mold them and shape them and help them become who he needs them to be so that they can represent him in the place that he has for them. So that's the idea of Torah. So I was kind of thinking about this like in terms of, okay, what would be a helpful way for us to kind of think about this in kind of a modern example or reality? And I thought about what happened recently in our family. So we've been in the greater Nashville area for just over a year now. And ever since we moved to the area, my kids have been asking for a dog. They're like, we want a puppy, we want a puppy, we want a puppy. So they've been wanting a puppy for a long time. And so my wife and I, for several months, were like, we're in transition, we're trying to get things figured out, everything has changed. The last thing we need is to add a dog to already having four kids in the household. And so we kept putting it off for our kids, but a few months before Christmas, we were like, okay, we're gonna get a kid, our kids a puppy. And so we did a bunch of research and we were looking for a certain type of dog that was hyperallergenic and wasn't going to shed. And we found a dog and we found a breeder and we connected with them. And so because my wife and I wanted to be parents of the year, we wanted to do a Christmas day puppy. And so we got it all worked out. Our kids had no idea. Late Christmas Eve, uh, the breeder allowed me to come and picked up the dog. My kids had already gone to bed, got back, stuck it upstairs in our closet area. The thing didn't make a peep all 
night. The kids came down in the morning, open presents. The last thing were a bunch of doggy toys. And they're like, what? What is this? And we're like, you get to go choose a puppy. And they're like, yes. And they're like jumping around. I was like, oh, but wait a minute. We forgot something. And so I ran upstairs and I came down with the puppy. And it was like, yeah, we, we got parents of the year. All right. And then four weeks into this, the personality of this dog came out. And there was something fundamentally wrong with the dog. And it's a nightmare situation. Uh, my daughter ended up getting bit in the face and it was horrible. And we had to return the dog and the breeder was like, it's all your fault. We're not giving you any money back. And we were just like, oh, like the kids are devastated. We're frustrated by that. We lost money in the whole process. And so over the, the next several weeks, my wife and I were like, okay, well, what do we do? Like... You know, we just spent all this money and it's all gone and, you know, everybody's still kind of frustrated, upset. And my wife heard about this rescue dog shelter. And so on Valentine's Day, my wife and I actually had a lunch date because we couldn't find a babysitter and we're still kind of new in the area, still trying to find people and all of that. And so everybody was taken. And so we did find a babysitter for during the day. So we went out, we had our Valentine's Day lunch and it was fantastic. And we were like, what should we do for the kids tonight? You know, maybe is there something we can do? And my wife was like, let's just go to the dog shelter. And I was like, you know, that does sound kind of fun. Let's just see if there are any options or possibilities there. And so we pick up our kids from school and they're like, why are both of you picking us up? Because I normally get to take them in the morning. My wife picks them up. And we were like, well, we're going to go do something fun. And so on the way to the dog shelter, we said, kids, we're not going to get a dog. We're just going to go and check out the place and see if this is a viable option for us when we decide to try the whole dog thing again. And so we get there. You can already see where this is going. There's all these cute dogs. We took a few out, nothing that we really liked. And as we're leaving, there was that one other dog. And one of the volunteers said, listen, this dog was neglected. It's very, uh, she's very skittish, but I think that, you know, if you work with her, she'll warm up and she'll be kind of the best dog that you'll ever have. And so we were like, ah, we're not really quite sure. The last time just didn't go well. You know, we're kind of skittish ourselves. And they said, well, we have a policy where you can take the dog for several days and just see if it works out. And so my kids are like, let's do it. And uh, we ended up bringing the dog home. And we had her for several days and she started to warm up and all of a sudden we got to adopt a new dog. <laughs> now, her name uh, was Jezebel, which sounds a lot like Jezebel. And if you know anything about the scriptures, that's like the, the one female name that just doesn't represent much good in the Bible. And so, but it wasn't Jezebel, it was Jezebel. And so we were thinking, well, you know, she's kind of got this pattern like Jesse from Toy Story, like the heard the legs of Jesse from Toy Story. And so we're like, you know what, we're going to name her Jesse. And then my kids were like, oh, that's great. And then they're like, but dad, we live in the South. So she has to have another name as well. And so then they named her Joy. So we now have Jesse Joy as part of the family. Now, you're like, what does this have anything to do with Torah? Okay, well, we're getting there. Now, this is our backyard, and our backyard is fenced in. And for me, this becomes like the best representation of what Torah is supposed to be like in our lives. That Torah is like this fence that creates these boundaries for us. That what God is basically saying is, listen, I have created the world to work in such a way 
And my words are teaching you, this is how you engage the world that I have created. These are my instructions to live within the rules and parameters and the boundaries that I have created so that you can flourish. Now, we oftentimes look at a fence and we go, well, that's like limiting. It's actually restricting. It's like, well, I can't go past this. But where the boundaries are actually creates this great freedom. You see, for for Jesse, Jesse has this big scar underneath her neck here. And we don't know if she got hit by a car or what happened, but because Jesse is skittish right now, like if we don't have boundaries for her, she just takes off because she just doesn't know what to do. And we're training her, you know, to kind of live within the boundaries that we have set. But here's what's been fascinating about Jesse's attitude when she goes into our backyard is that she just finds great joy and great freedom. In fact, this is her and my daughter daughter playing just yesterday in our yard. And so she like comes alive, her her tail curls up, she're, you know, she's just got this look and she's bouncing all around and she plays fetch and she plays catch and my kids absolutely love it and she loves it. And what's going on is she is experiencing, I will walk about in freedom for I've sought out your precepts. I know the boundaries. I have been put in the boundaries. These boundaries help her experience freedom. Because if she was like, well, I feel restricted and I just wanna be free and there were no boundaries, she'd run off and probably get hit by a car again. So oftentimes we think sometimes like God's commandments, they're like restrictive, they're, they pull the fun out of life, they you know, are, are, are like in some ways derogatory and God goes, no, 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 like there is great freedom within the boundaries. But I have created these boundaries in such a way, not that you would experience a sense of restricted freedom, but that you would find the fullest, most flourishing kind of freedom that happens within the confines of the boundaries that my words have given to you. And friends, this is what I believe God's word is intended to do in our lives. And that for some of us, sometimes we blow right through boundaries going, well, I want to experience freedom. And what we find is that on the other side of that boundary isn't freedom. It's actually slavery because unrestricted access leads to a lot of detrimental things. And I think for all of us, as we think through God's words, we want to be thinking through Are there any boundaries that I've just blown through that God has said, this is the way I want you to do it, or this is the way I have it set up? And we're like, yeah, but I kind of like pushing the line, or I like being across the line. And maybe for some of you, 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 you're recognizing today, maybe, maybe I'm not experiencing the freedom that I'm looking for, that freedom is found within the boundaries, within the confines, because God doesn't do this to strip us of our fun. He does this so that we may flourish in this world. And Torah was God's gift to his bride on the wedding day. And God said, this is the most appropriate gift for you as you move forward in your journey. So friends, may we embrace Torah that way. God's words, God's instructions in our lives as well. So thank you so much for watching this. If you're watching this anywhere other than at walkingthetext.com, head over there. There are discussion questions for personal and group study. You can leave comments. If you know someone who just needs to hear this teaching, share this with them. Friends, again, thanks for watching, and may you walk out the text well in your life. (laughs) 